How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Welcome to the Dr. Joe Show, man. Whoa. Oh, that's prophetic. Very nice. Ah, uh-huh. respect, There was a Ma. lot of Jamaican and Rastafari in there, Mark. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're talking about a little bit tonight. You saw the movie. I saw the movie. One Love. One Love. What'd you think? Um, I I thought it was compelling. My One of my favorite, maybe not favorite parts of it, but was the really the opening. Yes. For those folks who haven't seen Spoiler it yet. Spoiler alert. Yeah. The opening made the rest of the movie believable. Right. That's all I'm going to say is the, that that opening gave the movie such credibility in terms of its historical accuracy that it allowed me to really just immerse myself in it and not wonder, oh, is this, you know, artistic license? I mean, there mm. probably was some artistic license, you know, one would, one would hope. But the opening, you'll see the opening and how it, it, uh, it creates a foundation of, of trust, really. Yes. What did you think, Exactly the same. I was so glad to have gotten there on time. I've been waiting for this movie to come out since the trailers hit over a year ago. Um, Been a huge Bob Marley fan since um, somebody introduced Jammin to me on my freshman bus to a basketball game. So what year was that then? You don't mind me asking. 83. So he was, he had passed two years prior. Yep. Right, so there's no chance of getting to go and see him live. Yep. We're jamming. What you want? We're jamming. So, what was it back then that was so compelling for you? So it was the music for sure. Um, it hit me. It hit my soul. And then I dug deep into the catalog, and it never stopped. So fast forward, I'm hustling around as best I can. As as you know, I had knee surgery recently, so I'm, you know, subject to Uber and uh, Tuber. We like to refer to Timmy as Tuber mm-hmm. to help uh, dad get around. T- Timmy's and, driving? Yeah, so so timing is everything in life, isn't it? Um, That's amazing. Surge, surgery on Friday. He got his license on Monday. That's great. Tuber, so great. love it, love it. Tuber. So, and I wanted him to see the movie also, because I know the message that Bob would want to convey, which is the one love, the faith, the redemption, forgiveness, all of the the goodness that comes in that culture. Uh, and I was hustling and I really wanted to get there early because we have a, an advertisement there at the movie theater now. And it's so early that for me, you know, it, it, it's, I was lucky to get there to see that cold open. So I saw some of the previews of the movies upcoming, nothing that was necessarily moving me, right. To get me to the, go to the movie theater again, um, wanted to see this one in the theater and then boom, that cold open, it brought chills to me, Yeah, you know, cause I've seen young Ziggy play a bunch of times in concert and, um, completely validated because the same thing you're sitting back and you're thinking okay you know who's profiteering 
on this movie? You know, what's the, what's the goal? Is this like, is this a, a film industry um, mission of, of, you know, and it was, I mean, it was, it was great. I believe in my humble opinion, as they say, as the kids say, this is going to be the award sweeping movie, like seven, eight awards, take them all best actor, best actress, best screenplay, best director, best music, best, best, best. And, um, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not voting in the Academy. However, where did it miss at you know, the story was so great. And for those who are focused on cannabis and Rastafari, and that's, you know, the stigma of reggae music, it's about weed smoking dummies. They're so wrong. And, you know, I would suggest, you know, really putting that aside. And I think they did a great job in the movie acknowledging cannabis as part of the religion and part of the spiritual enlightenment and awareness. Yet they did not really focus on it. You know, there was a few scenes, you know, for reality purposes and all, but they didn't, they didn't over-dramatize it, which I want to believe that it was really the media overdoing it in the 80s and marketing it as something that it wasn't really anyhow, right? Because they, you know, the interview, there's okay. a, a point in the movie where, and I remember hearing about this, that one of the journalists asked him, I understand you smoke a pound of weed a day, you know? So if you take that sound bite, you know, and you pass that along and it gets into the wrong hands and then it spins into a community of talking, you know, all of a sudden Bob Marley smokes a pound a day and you know his response was like are you kidding you know they no yet then you see the work ethic right so they they showed the the scenes where they were putting songs together i mean i don't know if you saw the beatles um remake that they had i think it was on eight apple tv Haven't where seen they, it. no let it be i think it's called maybe or no it's um come um what's the what's the song that aerosmith had uh covered of theirs uh, come back, yeah. not come back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, really. no. It's okay. No. Do you think our sponsors know no. what I'm talking about? So I, I, before we bump over to the Beatles, I want to just stick with this for a bit. Why now, do you think? Was there a reason why I hope so. movie out now? I hope so. Uh, it could not be better time to the sending the messages of peace and love and forgiveness and hope and resilience and all of that with what's happening all around the world. I mean, it's it's a movie that if you go and you go to be entertained and you let the movie wash upon you and accept all of it, you will feel really good coming out of that movie and that you'll have that hope. And, yeah. you know, did they time it? You know, I mean, he died in 1981. And this is now 2024. I don't, I, you know, it's, is there coincidences? Is there... It's, it's right. It's simply the right time for this movie to be broadcasted and consumed. Yeah. And I think part, part of both the hope, but also the sadness about why it's so timely is that it's universal. This right. idea that there are these huge political conflicts that affect people who have no reason to be affected other than they vote, you know? And that they're born I think or that they're was born. Part of, part of the message is, you know, these factions, these diverse groups of people can potentially come together. Um, I mean, that was, I think that was Marley's wish, 
was that there would be, you know, and you brought them together and put their hands together on stage. I mean, what a sight that yeah. must have been. Yeah. And then what happened because of that, you know, this forgiveness idea. I, I don't know whether they actually forgave each other, but but there was the the potential for it. Right? The potential for it. That was it, um, it got the ball rolling for sure to the settling the disputes in Jamaica for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? It doesn't matter where you are in the world. There are these factions, these groups that for some reason feel that the only way that they can increase their value is to decrease the value of somebody else. The others. Yeah. And then are astonished that they have rage and conflict that they have. So do you think that was part of his message in terms of, you know, faith? It's one love. Like, why would we spend a moment of our time fighting? <laughs> why? For what? It's about I and I, not me and you. Yeah. And for me, that was, that was part that really resonated was really understanding his message. Because I, I had the good fortune of seeing Marley in concert wow. in 1979 at Harvard Stadium. Wow. Um, Carol and I was there basically the second summer that we were spending together. We just met a year before. And I remember being in line, waiting to get into Harvard Stadium. And then there was, it was a remarkable piece to this because while I was waiting in line, a, a friend of mine from Sarah Lawrence, I bumped into my friend who told me the very sad news that a mutual friend of ours had overdosed and died. Man, uh, I won't tell you his last name, but his first name was Ronnie. Okay, and he had been a good friend, and I was like totally, totally stunned by this. As I am walking into Harvard Stadium, in this huge crowd of, of joy and happiness. Yes, you know, as Bob Marley gets up, and I swear to God, I'm getting goosebumps remembering it. The first thing he said was about another musician, Ronnie Laws. And he said, I just want you to know that I've got a message from Ronnie for you. Oh boy. That things are okay, it'll all be fine, and I'm with you. Wow. It was mind blowing, Mark. I'm telling you, the universe just Well, so was that's put it the there. thing about this human being, right? Was he a prophet? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Certainly one of the questions, and do all prophets have to die so young? Yes. Yeah. But it's a different kind of prophet, right? Uh, it's a PH prophet as opposed to what we hope some of our sponsors make in terms of their profit. So with that in mind, we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Joe Show and talking about One Love. Hey folks, thank you for listening to The Dr. Joe Show. We've been investigating whether or not we want to bring sponsors into our podcast. What are your thoughts? Do you know somebody who might be a good partner with The Dr. Joe Show, who may want to align their product or service with The Dr. Joe Show? Think about it. And we're back, man. One love. Ja Rastafari. Respect, man. Yeah. So tell me about the show. So you went in. You went into a joyous event, someone delivered you horrible news, and yet a sign was delivered from the stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, waiting in line, bumped into a person that I didn't know was going to go see the show who gave me this, this news. And it, it, I mean, it literally happened like the day before. 
I mean, it was just stunning. Wonderful human being. Totally stunning. I have his jacket. Mm. Can't fit in it anymore, but but um, we used to do this thing called Song Night at Sir Lawrence. Um, once a year, big event in uh, in our workshop theater. And Ronnie would always wear this, you know, fancy white jacket, like a tux jacket, but white with, you know, with black lapels. And he had given it to me. Um, I don't know why, but he gave it to me like the summer before or the year before to wear in the show. And I still have that jacket. Very but yes, cool. Mark, it was, it was, it was powerful. I, what do you think about that sign though? Yeah. So he was talking to everyone about a musician, but he was talking to you. Yeah. There's no coincidences <laughs> there. Right. No, it was, it was just, like I say, I, I will never forget it. And it was 1979. And yeah. it was the, the first things that he said was a message from Ronnie. Wow. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I still get teary thinking about Everything it. is going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. And, and you know, back then in, in the seventies, there was a lot of conflict still in the world. Yes. I mean, you know, Vietnam was sort of in the in the waning part of it, but there was still this this huge conflict between oh, just the different I mean, it wasn't the same sort of political faction. It was, was, it, it, was, a was cultural. It, so it was counterculture. Yeah, wanting to be heard and government suppressing what counterculture wants to say. Yeah. And you know that that's part of what was happening in Jamaica as well. Right. Right. I mean, I was, I was reading about this, that there was this thing, what was it called? The, oh, it was called the, the 1978 Green Bay Massacre. Have Mm. you heard about that? No. So the Green Bay Massacre was a covert operation on the 5th of January, 1978, in which five Jamaica Labor Party supporters were shot dead after being lured into an ambush at the Green Bay firing range but mem- by members of the Jamaica Defense Force. So it was, it was this political killing. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of what Marley was saying about. You know, that was part of, of the, the violent culture at that point in Jamaica. And that, that is completely, de- you know, demonstrated and depicted in the movie. This sense of these gangs, but this politically charged violence. And it was, it was a violent government. And that is certainly a concern that we still have today. Well, it's, we have, it's who's know, right. Right. Is it the government keeping order or is it the uprising of the overthrowing of the coup? Right. But but again, you know, why do we have to overcome violence with violence? Mm. I mean, that's it's it's just mirror neurons at play. I mean, exactly. We're just going to do the same thing. I mean, Gandhi was was very different. Look what happened to him. I mean, another remarkable human being saying we we can have peace and unity or as, as they say in, in one love inity you yeah. know because it's all i um but we're still going through the same thing over and over mark i mean haven't we learned and it's anything? amazing to think about right so obviously i was too young to realize what was going on in jamaica but i would bet to say that not a lot of americans knew what was going on in jamaica and simply stated, there's a bunch of conflicts going on that we're not aware of. There's obviously two 
really major conflicts that are happening that we're made aware of on a regular basis, even even though the messaging there kind of wanes in and out. What about all of the other conflicts that are happening all over the world that we, we don't know about? You know, Idiot. what is the message? You know, does everybody need to be given a ticket to this movie to go in and watch this movie and say, you know what, there's a better way? It, it, yeah. But what do you think that better way is? You know, I, I, I mean, I've, I got to tell you, part, part of my, maybe it's my narcissistic self, I must admit, that I'm in that movie thinking this guy has this message, you know, one love. And we have a message here, Mark, on the I am, that we all want the same thing, that there's no it, it's not nar- It's not narcissistic to think that way. You are on the same level, which is why when I walked out of that movie, the first person I texted was you. I said, you got to see this and we got to talk about this. So don't let that critic in your head say things about you that aren't true. You're oh, not you know, a narcissist. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And that's why I said, you know, it brought out the faith in me, you know, so now I'm doing uh, the Halo app, you know, somebody at the same time, no, no signs, no coincidences. It is it is what it is, was recommended, hey, this is, you know, this is something that we're doing for Lent. You know, it's a Halo app. And now I'm, you know, remembering my faith. I'm remembering and I'm getting into this more spiritual being. And, you know, Jah Rastafar, Jehovah's Witness, uh, you know, Baptists, it's, it, it's all the same if you watch that movie, it, right? I it's, wrote a song it's, years ago about this was right during 9-11. I wrote, it's, it's all the same, just a different name. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't mean to cut you off. But, but. No, but that's, that's where I think, you know, we got lost, right? So, you know, you have had COVID, right? And then as people started to come out of COVID and the, and the, the yeah. shift that we, we dealt with there, people, me included, kind of, forgot about the faith, you know, yeah. left it. And, and this, this was an awakening, an eye-opening moment where it doesn't matter what the name of the faith is. Having that faith, that belief, that redemption, that forgiveness, that grounded presence, it's good for all. It's good for everyone. Whether, you know, it, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. It's one. Yeah. I and I. Have, I have this phrase. It's belief. Faith is the enactment of trust. Yes. You know, that's what faith is. It's I'm, I'm going to trust things. I'm going to believe in things. And that includes believing in you. Right. And having faith in you that you want what I want. And we don't need to compete about it. We can, we can get this together by cooperating instead of competing. We both want the same thing. When we work together to get it, it's just... Reminding each other of value. That's all it is. I, 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 I really believe that. I really believe that human beings have this capacity. It is genetic. It is, it is bred into us over millennia that we want to be valued. The overlay of it is that, you know, we have a group of people and that group sometimes thinks that only people who are valuable are within my group, which then alienates everyone else. And that was absolutely what we saw in this movie uh, to the, to the extent that there was violence between the two groups, murderous violence, right? You know, not just words, but, but bullets, you know, 
And it's the scarcity that we've talked about, right? So what is the opposite of valuing somebody? It's, it's scarcity. It's, it's the, the disbelief in abundance, okay. right? There's not enough to go around. So right. you're out, you're in the other group. So you're my enemy now. Yep. Absolutely. It is that perception that there's scarcity. Interesting there's perception. No evidence <laughs> that there's really, scarcity. No. There's because it's all perspective, right? It's like, it's because then it becomes the mongering and the, I have to have it all. Yeah. And then you have the tyrannies and those types of situations where yeah. it's haves and have nots. And there's a small group that has and control. And that historically happens over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and if it doesn't, um, we may be malign it by saying it's socialism or communism. I mean, as opposed to just simply sharing. I mean, why, why put a political label on this? You know, I mean, if, if you're, if you're at home and somebody says, could you pass the mashed potatoes and you pass it and you share it, is that communism? You know, it's, it's, it's fun. So it's, it's funny that we're going here. Um, so I've had a lot of time to reflect, uh, with, you know, the rehab and the inability to drive with my leg and everything. And it's, so I think a lot about the future of work, right. You know, the, the master servant relationship, you know, I've debunked that years ago. However, you know, people are still status quo with the way things have been in the work where you punch the clock. You work your nine to five, you do what you're told to do. The boss is the boss. You retire. Hopefully there's some retirement available and you die. Yeah. It, that seems so unappealing to most people that I know and certainly is toxic to the younger generations. So what is work going to look like in the next 10 years? Like what are the companies, how are they going to be structured so that the contributors feel valued, you know? So the contributors are owners of the company and they have the upside. It's not all delivered to the top. It's not all pushed to the top and it's a socialistic model. So I started jotting down notes and it's like, you could have these closely held companies that run like a socialist society. And at small scale works. I'm not it, saying a government could do it. I don't, you know, I know that it keeps getting dried and, and people think that it, the utopia could work. And at a massive scale, it cracks, you know, because of the same thing we're talking about. There's the a few that. that are wielding the power and they say, look at these fools sharing down below. We're just going to skim off the top of everything and bring it up to our village of gold. And now that we have all the gold, we're going to force multiply. And now we're just going to wield power over these serfs or peasants or, you know, whatever the term of the era is. Well, I certainly don't want to, you know, I don't want to recreate that, but we're still so in it. This master servant, the skimming, but we have cooperation as well. I mean, I would not call our sponsors our masters, nor us their servants. We cooperate. And by hearing from our sponsors, we get to stay on the air. So we'll be right back with this cooperative society and the Dr. Joe Show. Hey, folks, welcome back. So any thoughts? Do you listen to other podcasts? 
Do you see how they do the sponsors? Is there a way that they're utilizing sponsors that you enjoy or you don't enjoy? I listen to Smartless and I really enjoy how the co-hosts share the voiceover for the product or service. It's really funny for the most part, but it's unique. It's them really endorsing. Does that work? What do you think? And we're back with the Dr. Joe show talking about utopia, the future. Is it, it collaborative? Is it cooperative? Is it socialist? Is it, is it an itopia instead of a utopia, right? I mean, isn't that yeah. part of what, you know, one love is about is that it's not you and me, it's I. I it's, and I. Mean, I. That, remember we had, um, we had uh, Rabbi uh, Rami Shapiro on a couple of years ago. Remember he was talking about, about non-duality? Yes. There isn't even a you and me. There isn't even a, you know, a dualism. It's just non-duality. It's just together. It's all connected. Right. And, and again, getting back to the movie, One Love, the fact that it's out now is interesting. But the fact that you needed your tuber to drive you there, because this is a whole new experience for you, Mark. Yes. I mean, you, you've, I've never seen anyone move as fast as Mark, you know, <laughs> and, and do this and do that. And I've got, and, and doing it all quality, not, not, you know, super, you know, superficially. And now you are forced by your biological domain mm. to slow down. And now your IC domain is appreciating things at home and the social domain that perhaps you were moving too fast to see. Slow down. You move too fast. Beatles, yeah. You know? What do you think? I mean, is well, there... I think I've been thinking a lot about it, buddy. Yeah. I have uh, been reflecting a lot and, uh, you know, things happen for me, not to me, you know, um, you yeah. know, immediately as I fell and had the Joe Theismann leg behind my back holding my knee. <laughs> You know, the first thought was not getting on an airplane today, yeah. you know, because that was the goal. I was going to a conference. Because um, your Theismann was in a very different place than it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, always interesting. I mean, just describe your leg was behind you, right? I mean, it was like yeah. not where it's meant to be. Yeah. So that when you te tear, when you, when you t rupture or tear your patellar tendon, it's the, it's the tendon that goes from your calf over your knee and connects to your shin. So if that lets go and rolls up, like an Achilles tendon would roll up, it rolls up into your calf. It's not connected. Like your leg's not connected. So I moved it back into place. It's like moving a prosthetic leg and it dropped into place. And I was like, well, maybe. And I'm like, no, I heard it pop and I've heard it pop before. So I know what the pop sounds like. Yet the next, you know, as the euphoria of shock is running through my body, it's like, okay, I'm not paralyzed. Yeah. Super grateful. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. Someone, somewhere, somehow, some material, some energy is saying, slow down. You're moving too fast. Take a break. Otherwise, you're really going to hurt yourself. So slow down, I did. And, um, and, and it's Simon and Garfunkel, right? It's not the Beatles. Is it Simon and Garfunkel? Slow down. Slow down. You move too fast. You got to make the morning last chance. Isn't that, that Simon That sounds like the monkeys. Is that the monkeys? Well, maybe it is the monkeys. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll Google it. But yeah, so you are slowing down. And as a result, you're- Well, it becomes very reflective. We yeah. Very much. Very much. Super reflected. Um, was, you know, had a really cool morning routine going. Um, prior to this where, 
you know, I was really diligent on, I need a morning routine. This is something I, I, I need to incorporate into my world. And I was introduced to the ice cold plunge. So the ice therapy, uh, the icy or cold immersion therapy is what, uh, people are referring to it as. And I would hit that at five 30 in the morning and pop up and I would journal a little bit and I'd read a little bit and then the day would start. So that isn't available when, you know, your leg is, is busted. I couldn't get into the thing. Like I touched, I tried to figure it out, trust me, um, because it was so effective. So, so now I have a different morning routine and I'll come back to that. It'll be part of my routine and I get to, because I'm going to heal and I know the path forward because I actually did the exact same thing to my other day seven years ago, which for whatever strange reason it is, there's a higher probability than the average yeah. that you'll do the same injury to the other knee. And I, I can't really understand really? that other than like how you fall or how, because the reason I land on these knees is because I'm upside down. I'm, I'm like in the air and my mind goes to worst case scenario. If I land on my neck, I'm in big trouble. So I contort the whole body up and over and it just pounded the whole impact and it's almost identical to how <laughs> i fell the last time hey. you know different locations same exactly and i was doing too many things then you'd think i you'd think i'd learn right well it's not necessarily about learning it's not changing your your behavior but it, but it wasn't really your fault i mean it was complete icy day you're oh, just doing what you usually do. The only well, let me play was... this. Let me play this for you okay. um, to 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 de demystify what you're saying or debunk what you're saying a little bit. I took Athena to the dog park that day, and it was a really icy day. So if you remember our dog park, you come in and there's a big um, slab of cement as you first okay. approach, and this is wonderful dog park. So I was, it was super icy. I was like a hockey rink. So. Tangible memory, right? Bring the tangibility to the memory. I put the rock salt down. You know, I talking to someone on my way out and putting down the rock salt that they leave that's good for the dogs and everything. So that's one. So then I go to my P.O. box and somebody's getting out of the post office and walks by their car and slides down the hill and says, it's really greasy out here today, which I love that line. It's really greasy out here today. Be careful. And I'm like, okay. Two. Two, not one warning, two <laughs> warnings. It sounds like a, a story from the New Testament. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, Papacito starts barking. So I'm doing a thousand things. I got to get packed. I got to get going. I got to finish this call. I got to do this. I'm just going to leash him. Put on, and I'll just put him on the line. <laughs> Everything changes, right? And yeah. you go from 150 50 miles an hour to zero. Yeah. And um, there's way, it's a mindset. You know, I could have easily been like, oh, poor me. You know, why me? I was blah, blah, me, sure. blah, blah. And it was, it was immediate. And I'm blessed that I, you know, my mind went here, but it was, I'm grateful for this. This is a moment that I'm going to now cherish. I'm going to use this time really wisely. I'm going to focus. I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to eliminate, subtract and double down on you know, the, the, what I love doing. Double down? Double down. So eliminate some things and double down. 
So how is that slowing down? Well, if I eliminate <laughs> enough. <laughs> Good point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do twice as much as I ever I can always count on you for keeping it real. Uh, no, if I eliminate enough things that I'm not enjoying, I can I have more time to, you know, find yeah. you in. No, no, it's it's not a contest, Mark. We're, we're cooperating with each other. That's what this You're is right. about. You're right. But I'm just curious, would you have gotten the same sort of joy, message, insight from one love if you were sitting in the movie theater without needing to have your leg up because you can't walk on it? Great, great question. Uh, and thankfully, the Hanover Theaters, uh, who who we have an advertisement sponsor, if you go early enough, uh, has those lazy boy seats. So it actually worked out great. So I was in full on comfort uh, and enjoyment. However, would it have moved me as much if I wasn't so aware and enlightened and and reflective? Uh, I think so. I, yeah. I do. I do think so because I mean, I remember when that uh, trailer first hit over a year ago, and yeah. I remember circling the calendar. This is going to be something I need to see right away. Yeah. And it came out on Valentine's Day. I didn't go on Valentine's Day. I didn't have to go the night it showed, but the day after it was uh, it was go time. And I I do believe it's going to sweep the uh, the awards. Yeah. I think people are, it's going to catch on. I think there's probably a lot of people who are sitting back going, I'm not going to see that, you know, that, what was the, what was the movie in the fifties? Uh, when the, the weed first, uh, oh, you know what um, I'm talking about? It was, um, madness, um, reefer, reefer, reefer madness. I'm actually, not going to see you know Cheech that and that was actually the 1930s. Oh, really? Madness. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I hope people aren't avoiding the movie because they think it's about, you know. I bet there are people who idealizing are. Idealizing weed. I'll bet you they're there not, are people who are like, I'm not going to that Cheech and Chong movie. Really? I hope not. But yeah, you're probably But right. I think it will take probably time right. for other people to say, you got to see this movie. Yeah. You know, because it resonates for everyone. This it is the message that it's, it's like the I am. It. <laughs> If you hear it, you will be affected by it. Mm. If you don't, well, you don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know. You know how much I appreciate your endorsement of the I am and, and, and living it. I really do. Um, I didn't have any thought that I was going to be creating something that, that could have the impact. I was just interested in, in the idea that let's stop looking at people as broken. We're doing the best we can, you know. But isn't that also how Bob Marley started, right? He writes a nice love song. He writes another song. He had no idea the impact. And that's that muse that I was talking about before the show, you know, like, where did the I am come from? Why did you think of it the day you thought of it? Why yeah. did you stop and write this down? Where did that come from? Yeah. You know, and I believe that's how he wrote a lot of his music that he believes. And I have heard a lot of musicians say this, you know, I didn't write that song. It came yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. And I absolutely believe that. You know, I've had the blessing of, of writing songs in my youth. And it's, it is, it's something that just emerges. It just emerges. It's the same with, with, with most of my writing. I, I, I don't plan it. It just suddenly emerges. 
I'd like to think that it had some meaning, but remember, uh, you know, imposter syndrome begins with I am. <laughs> it's imposter <laughs> phenomenon, remember. It's not a syndrome. Yeah. Didn't we learn yeah. that with one of our we guests? Did. We did. Imposter phenomenon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, luckily not everybody poses as, as something great or something not so great. I mean, we do a lot of posing in our life. You know, we, we pretend to be someone that we wish we were or, or then annoyed at the people that we think we are. But what's great- Or worse is we're hoping to be accepted, thinking that this is what people want us to do. Yes, that is, and that is so, that happens so much. And I know that this isn't about being accepted, but I know that my sponsors, our sponsors want us to take a break right now so that they can be heard. It's not just placating. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Joe Show. Hey, welcome back. And again, we're super grateful for you listening to the Dr. Joe Show. If you have anyone that you think might be a good sponsor, shoot us an email at drjoepodcast at gmail.com. D-R-J-O-E podcast at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts about the show too. We're wondering, are we talking to the trees or are people really gaining value in this? Please let us know. Thank you again and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back with the Dr. Joe show with Dr. Joe. And Mark Stiles of Stiles Law. So you you actually have, you, how did you get a commercial uh, in, before the movie? I, I, I didn't get there in time to see it. I was like stunned when you told me. But I yeah, it's not that hard. You pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I did. It's a contract. Get, I got a text from from somebody who works at Riverside, who was there early enough, and he said, "I just saw an ad for the Doctor Joe show." So, thank you, Mark. Funny. So, so yeah. So what we did is we um, our call to action was to QR code an episode of the Dr. Joe show where we interviewed Ben, the leader of our estate planning team. So we're marketing the estate planning practice. And, um, and I forgot that we did that. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. So I think it was, uh, you know, you know, QR here to listen to an episode of the critically acclaimed internationally renowned <laughs> Dr. Joe show or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I forgot that I cross pollinated there. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I haven't really heard many people because I think you really have to get there early. Talk about being proactive. I mean, there. you got to get there before the previews start and there's like 10 minutes of previews. So, um, but we're there for those mm -hmm. early birds. Um, yeah. what a cool theater too. Whew. Lovely theater. It is elegant. And yeah, yeah. the seat's great. And you, you have to reserve your seats, right? So yeah, you know which is cool. Yeah. So I needed to because I needed to be very strategic in where I was going to sit. Although, were you, with were you the, sitting in, in the front row or the row right behind the handicap section? Behind the handicap That's on the aisle. That's where I got my seats too. Yeah, on the yeah. aisle, right Great hand side. Were you yeah, left? We sat in the right? same seat. We sat in the right. same seats. We did. That is hysterical. <laughs> There's no no coincidences in life. No, tell but me. I had my seat back the whole time, so it didn't really matter where I sat. Ultimately, yeah. like my leg wouldn't have gotten in the way. Yeah, that's great. You know. And, and the, the sound is fantastic. And that, of course, this is a movie where you need really good sound. Where Agreed. It just adds so much to the experience. Agreed. Because you're hearing this wonderful music. Wasn't it lovely at the end of the, of the movie where they actually show some footage of Marley? Yes. 
and and the dancing that he did and how the I think every absolutely recreated that. Every piece of that movie was done brilliantly yeah. from that cold opening all yeah. the way. Like we sat there through the, and Timmy didn't leave either. We sat there through the, all the credits watching those yeah. clips from the seventies and yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely if we really could come together, you know, why not? But there's so many people who resist. Come together, by the way. That's the Beatles uh, yeah, that's documentary. That, that was, okay, come together. Great. Which is a great one too, by the way. If you, you got to watch you, that. Yeah. Yeah, see, everything comes around. It's great. Yeah. 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 But why so, couldn't yeah. we be? Why couldn't we? If everybody sees this movie and everybody has this awareness and this, and it has an effect on them and, and it's weird to behave otherwise, you know, and maybe it's, 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 the cynical, the cynical nature of people, right? So it's like this protective device that they're putting up. Like, I'm going to be cynical before you can devalue me. Or, yeah. you know, I'm not fully understanding what the guard, the masks and the, the costumes are that people put on. But if everybody could drop them, what a wonderful world this would be. Yeah, that's a nice one too. But what would we need? We would need that respect and value and trust. You're not going to drop your guard if you think that you're going to be seen as less than. Right. And that is the automatic thought that we've conditioned into ourselves now all along. I mean, I don't think our parents conditioned us to think that we were less than, but there were expectations that our parents all put on us, you know, but then you get to school and all of a sudden you've gone from this environment of home where everything is familiar to a place in the social domain where nothing is familiar. And of course- and the defensive mechanisms go up and all boom. of a sudden everybody's exactly. guarded. That's right, exactly, you go limbic. And, you're, and you already have a you know, you know, five-year-old brain that is mostly right. limbic as it is. But once we know that, can't we now do something else? Can't we prepare our kids, each kid? I mean, imagine if every parent prepared their kid to say something nice about the first person that they meet. I mean, imagine if, if that was the culture where you go into a, a school that is, you've never known, met any of them, and you just, you know, you say, wow, it's really nice to meet you, or yeah, I love that shirt. I love that sweater. Something, something uh -huh. where you learn that you can value each other and you now have a class of people, a group of people doing that with each other, and that gets communicated. Well, that becomes a movement, right? Yeah. You know, isn't that what would be needed? A movement to uh, present proof positive that you don't need to be guarded because nobody's coming after you. Right, right. So it's the chicken, the chicken and the egg, though, right? Dang. Are you coming after me? I don't know. Am I? I well, don't know. Are you? Right, but but that, that's limbic. That's that is that is the precursor. There's there's no question. We can't deny it, and we don't want to ignore it. But now we want to get to the prefrontal cortex and think it through. Wait a second. I have no evidence to support this limbic response. This is a limbic response. It is impulsive. It is irrational. It's about survival. But I am not in any danger here. And so when I communicate that to somebody else, it means you're not in any danger either. Right? Project Unless they're peace. reading it wrong, it's, right? It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's in, in outsmarting anger, right? It's one of the seven steps. You know, it's the first step after your own anger. The first step is to project peace. 
When I project peace, that activates your mirror neurons to feel peaceful, to not activate the limbic system. And it's, it's not, you know, you don't have to fake it. I mean, you know, it's part of who we are as human beings. It's, it's really much more simple than we realize. But there are all these overlays that we need to get through, you know, the political stuff, the factionism, the group, the, the religiosity, where, where one religion says, hey, my God is the real God, not your God. Uh -huh. What's your God doing there? As if God would care, you know, how many different names there are for the same thing. How cool is that? Anyway, you got me going on this because I really... Uh, I really believe people should see this movie just like you told me to go see it. I so appreciate the suggestion. And it has. It it, it provides this platform of hope again uh -huh. you know, in a world where we really need it. We really need it. The thing is, with the I am approach, it's saying, let's not blame the world we have. Let's not, you know, do to that world that we have the same as it's doing to us and just dismiss it and say it's less valuable. Let's understand why it's happening. Let's not just say, I don't want this because it's not valuable. See, this is where we learn. What is the lesson that we learn here from an evolutionary point of view, from a human point of view, from a social point of view? It's that we want the same thing. And <laughs> we've always wanted the same and thing. Yet people will project out that they don't with that guarded nature, right? So you, you go into the situation knowing in your heart that this person simply wants to be valued, but yet they're projecting outward, don't value me. It, it's don't really, you dare value me. It's really interesting. You know, what, 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 what popped into my head as you're saying that is that response may be because we still have this concept of limited resource. Yeah. Value is not a limited resource. It is unlimited. So if I want to feel valued, it doesn't mean I'm going to antagonize you, that I'm going to be taking your value. That's what we've done, but there's no limit to value. It's, it's not a limited resource. Right. I can value everyone. I don't have to pick and choose who I'm going to value. And I don't have enough value in my tank to value you. So you're the one I'm not going to value. Right. Right. And you know what? If somebody does that to you, that's their I am. That's what the I am is for. It helps you step back and say, why is the only way that person feel valuable is to make me feel less valuable? What's going on with their I am? Because I am valuable. I'm at my I am. Right. My maximum potential. So I'm curious. You, you, you had this idea during our, our break about interviewing Bob Marley and asking him the two questions. So I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to interview you as Bob Marley, Mark, and I'm going to ask you, so, you know, the I am has two truths based on the four domains, you know, home, the social, biological, and I seek as they interact, a small change can have a big effect. We went to see a movie in the social domain, which has had a big effect. So if you were Bob Marley, what small change could you recommend to our listeners based on the subject we're talking about tonight? Oh, man, so easy, <laughs> so easy, man. Love one another, man. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I'd say um, it, it's, it's going to be all right. Just believe that it'll be all right. Have that faith. Mm. But I suppose I need to say it like this, man. Have that faith. Yeah, man. It says faith because faith we and love. are here together and let's forgive each other. You know? 
a side no. a little more Mexican than Jamaican, but sorry about that. It's fine. Yeah. You, you're working through it. Yeah. But that is so important, right? Love and faith. And it requires trust. It I'm going to love you. I need to trust that it's okay to love you. It's been, you know, and I need this. That's what it was, right? Respect, it's a value, value, it's a trust. Yeah. And remember, there was this one scene where he's playing music. He's a young kid. He's with mm-hmm. his band and he plays traditional music and people who, who own the record recording studio are not impressed. And then he does something that's him. Yeah. And that's what we have at each Be you. Yep. Be you. Because you are amazing. So small changes. Second truth, you control no one, you influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Do you think Bob Marley had a choice? Was there something that he wanted to do? What do you think, Mark, as, as Bob Marley? I, I think he uh, believes and believes that he was brought here for a reason. And it was to be the message of peace, love, hope, faith. And I believe he did it for the short period that he was here. And now it's being relived once again through a whole separate group of people who can create a movement around that and eliminate the norm and the status quo of the limited resources and expose everyone to the hope and the the faith and the love. You know, I think that that would be how he wanted to influence, and he has. He's influenced the world with these wonderful lyrics, these wonderful, these, I, I, I heard his lyrics so differently this time than I did in 1979. They're profound. Just kind of different, yeah, it's profound, you know. A lot more to talk about. But Mark, thanks for a great conversation tonight. And, Let's, yeah, let's do this again. Let's do this again. Yeah, we'll see if the the listener uh, enjoys uh, us riffing, and if they do, then yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I'm let us okay know. With it. Let us know on our Facebook page, yeah, the Doctor Joe Show, or you go to my website, drschwan.com, or go to Mark's website and tell them there. Anyway. Social media, all of it. Let us know you're oh. listening. We'd love to hear from you. That's great. Thanks, folks. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Just a show, then go, 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 go.